everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is March 30, 2022, episode 114. My name is Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Excited. I wonder why. And also tired. Well, you have to have you have to come home tomorrow, have a super long nap when you get home, and then wake up at 12 and play all night. That is the plan. <laughs> yes. We me and Lucas were taking bets today whether you'd be too tired to walk him to school in the morning. Oh, um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think I'm, there's going to be a scenario where I'm going to be playing from like midnight to like 5 a.m. or something. Mm. I'm going to try and get a few hours in. Well, we were also saying that he's your good luck pack opening charm. That's true. So he needs to be awake when you do it. So So you're saying I need to wait till the following morning to open the packs yeah. for them? Okay. That's what we said. That's what we agreed on without you. But yes, that will be the show 22 comes out. Friday, Friday, Friday. I am excited for the weekend. Have you thought of anything else other than that? Not really. <laughs> I understand. This is like Tyler Christmas. Oh, yeah. Other than that, uh, you've only been playing MLB 21, really, haven't you? Yeah. Just trying to get back in. I mean, I it's not like I've stopped playing baseball all year. No, but year. you're back into it, like hardcore. Yeah, I'm trying to. That's a, that's some good battle royale runs recently. Trying to get back mm, into that because I know true. that'll be that'll be pretty intense for the first. I mean, it's always nice the first couple of weeks of the new game cycle. Whenever yes. MLB comes out, is you're gonna have a nice mix of uh, obviously a lot of uh, superstar players, yes. streamers, yeah. and uh, but you also have a lot a, a huge influx of newer and returning players, yep. as well as even new players this year for the Nintendo Switch. That's true. Me and Lucas were talking today also about it and saying how he wanted to play with you. And I said, well, good thing it's on Game Pass so that he can download it and play with you. That is true. I know. See how it works out? But yes, it is a great time of year. You don't know who you're going to get, either a newbie or a seasoned veteran. Yeah. It's always, I, I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to log on, like, let's say, I hope not Friday, but let's just say Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to log on and play Battle Royale and play against the guy who's already got like a 12 and 0 banner. I'm oh, like, oh, here we go. Here oh, we yeah. Go. Well, because yeah. people that get it on the first are usually the super hype people because that's the early release day. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't wait to see the, uh, the total numbers on Twitch on Friday. Oh, for many, sure, many, it'll be awesome. Yeah, all the, all the top streamers that I follow, and uh, yeah. you'll be you'll be playing baseball while watching baseball. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, then, and then you know we're we're pretty much. Well, I guess by the time yeah by the time you guys listen to this podcast, we'll be a week away from the actual MLB season starting as well. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays are the Friday, but yeah, they're on the eighth. But the most but opening day, one week away. Mm-hmm. That's exciting stuff. It is. Uh, and what's the fun irony story of this week? The what? week that you choose to quit Apex is the week that they finally oh. decide to release a PS5 version. Yeah. Although reading about it online yesterday, it sounds like it's not that much more technically impressive. No. Like, I, think I, it's, I think it's still locked at 60 hertz. It is still locked yeah. at 60, so it's it's and not that much so better. So you get a little bit better draw distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's... It should have been not, 120. 120 would have been a yeah. major difference. Right. But, some, people, yeah. some people said at this point, why bother even releasing this sort of iteration? Oh, well, it's just news. It's like, hey, yeah. remember Apex? It's in the news again. I think that's really what it was. I suppose. But, yeah. I know what you haven't been up to. I haven't played a game, thank you very much. Yeah, not any of the ones that I bought you. I, no, exactly. Because <laughs> I want other ones. The ones you practically begged me to buy you. I, I will get to them. Uh-huh. I told you. I have issues. <laughs> so what have you been playing? With? I've been playing a game called Voice of Cards. It's like a card battling RPG, like Yu-Gi-Oh, except with a story. I would say that, um, except the players are the cards. That was a bad example, but either way, 
it's fun and Lucas watched me and he's obsessed with card based battling games, so he wants to play it now and Is this on Switch or? Uh I let him use his profile on the PS four. Oh. So okay. he started it the other day. Uh but it's been fun. It's really short though. Like I've only been playing it for a couple of days and I'm almost near the end. Like it has seven chapters and within like six hours I'm in chapter six. So it's not that long at all. But it's fun, it's keeping my attention. And you, uh, you and Lucas got to play some of the new Kirby game the other day. We did. We played Kirby, the Forgotten. I keep doing this wrong. I want to say Lands. I always want to say Lands. And it is Lands. He always corrects me that I'm wrong. Oh. Maybe it's City. I keep saying City. I don't think it's City, is it? Okay, maybe it's Lands. Uh, either way, it was super duper cute. Fun. Being Walla D is terrible. But that's fine. He's really just an afterthought. Like, I just, I sometimes just put the controller down and let him run around. He wouldn't even notice I'm gone. So, that's fine. I let him be Kirby because that's more fun. Um, but yeah, it is, it is great so far. You've been playing a little bit of it too. Yeah, him and I have been playing it on and off for the last week almost. And, uh, yeah, it's really cute. Um, not overly challenging. Well, I mean, not the main levels aren't overly challenging. The they, they, they have the, um, the target these, attack or time yeah, attack the treasure ones. Or time attack. Yeah, exactly. Like you said those ones are rough. Yep. It's a nice challenge. But yeah, it's a good Kirby game. There's not like yep. there's many bad Kirby games. There's less than a handful of them, mm-hmm. but Yes, it is a great Kirby game, and I will continue to do that on streams on Thursday night. Uh, Thursday, goodness gracious, Tuesday night. I haven't really been watching anything new, movie or TV wise. No, uh, except I, for I Big was, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> although I was pretty excited yesterday. I showed you the new Top Gun trailer. Yeah, you were all hype about it. Oh, it looks so good. I'm happy for you and your movie. Yes. I don't know when that comes out. I think it's end of May. Oh, you still got a while to wait. Was that the final trailer? Probably the final trailer. Oh, I would think so, you still yeah. got a while to wait. Have you got your IMAX tickets already? No. <laughs> Shall I read the emails? We have a couple of emails. I would love to hear them. First email we have here is from Daniel. He says, he starts the email by saying, hello, my fantasy enemies. <laughs> True. For those that don't know, we are in a fantasy baseball league together. Girl. Uh, so Dan says, my fantasy sports didn't start until after high school. However, I wish it had started earlier. Started with football. Uh, got into hockey a little bit, and now I just concentrate on football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Dan says, I miss doing it in person with everyone having a big Bristol board and everyone's name is written on oh a sticky boy. where you'd walk up and it's your turn. You, you take one and you write in your name on the board. That's, that's reminds me cool. of that TV show that you watched. The, the League? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Dan says, that is my plan for football this upcoming year, running an in-person draft. Wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Especially in his fancy new basement. Oh, snap. Which I still haven't seen yet because he hasn't invited me over to watch Dune yet. <laughs> soon, <laughs> soon. Uh, so thanks for the email, Dan. Appreciate that as always. And then we also have one from Catherine. She says, hello, Sarah and Tyler. Even though I did not understand the majority of this episode, <laughs> it was still entertaining. My knowledge of baseball starts and ends with the Blue Jays, and that's at a very low level itself. I believe this is the reason why I never got into the whole fantasy sports thing. You're both very knowledgeable and have some good insights. I'm excited to hear how your fantasy baseball goes. Oh, thank you. You will hear about it. And um, for those that maybe missed our last episode, we did also briefly mention the... um, Downfall? uh, Yeah, the Boeing documentary that we watch on Netflix. So, of course, based on that, Catherine says, also, thanks for scaring me about planes. (laughs) You're so welcome. Have a good flight. (laughs) She is taking a flight soon. So hopefully it's not a Boeing or at least not a 737 Max. Or just don't watch the movie. (laughs) <laughs> well we've already kind of left that I out of the guess, bag but I guess but it's worse if you watch it it's it just probably would be worse yes yeah. <laughs> oh, she says keep up the great work thanks Catherine we appreciate thank you guys <laughs> alrighty well I don't have much more preamble shall we just get into the main topic let her rip so we are talking about movies this week that is our you remember cycle the cycle are, I remember the cycle um so I figured I thought it was earlier, and you know, in the spirit of excitement, me being excited for the new MLB The Show 22 coming out in a couple of days. Don't worry, this isn't about baseball. I was going to say I've covered that, that, that already. <laughs> no, the no. schedule here. I'm just more 
want to talk about in general. I, I was actually going to start this talk off by saying like movies that I was really excited, like looking forward mm, to. Okay, okay. But I was going to do that list, but then I just thought instead, let, let's change it up a little bit. So this 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 podcast will be probably very spoiler heavy, but I will get to why in a moment. Oh, I want I want to talk about either endings of movies or post credit scenes that got me excited for oh, the sequel okay. or the next iteration okay. of the franchise. Let's call it. Most of these are going to be post credit scenes I'm going to mention, but some might be in movie endings. I will mention spoilers before. And okay. again, most of these most movies are not very recent, so I'm not going to okay. try and spoil anything. It just came out like you know a few months ago or anything like that. But uh, when did the post credit scenes start? <laughs> I mean, when did it become widespread? Sure. I would say technically it was when Iron Man came out. Cause okay. That, 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 that every Marvel film since then, and most other, even every DC film since then, pretty much copied the same format. <laughs> Except for the new Batman movie where everybody stayed and was disappointed yeah. there was nothing. No, there were some examples. I looked it up earlier, actually. There are some examples of older films that had post-credit scenes. Right. Um, actually, going all the way back, in terms of like a pretty, for a popular film, uh, one going back to the '80s, Ferris Bueller's Day Off had a post. It did. Scene. What was, yeah. was it like? Later Fer- life. Ferris was just like Ferris showed up at the end of the movie, like wearing like a house coat, like he was just in his house, like the same thing he wore at the beginning of the movie when he was playing sick, like playing right. cookie from yeah. school. So Ferris just kind of like walks towards the camera and he's like, "What are you doing? It's over. Go home." Oh, <laughs> that's did, cute. Like, like a little fourth wall break. Yeah. Thing. So that was uh, one of the more popular ones, and that, it's funny, funny too that they actually uh, they parodied that perfectly in the first Deadpool film. Oh. Ryan Reynolds, he was wearing the full Deadpool outfit and he came out wearing the, few, the Fer- Ferris Bueller house coat. Oh. He said, what are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and, but then he put a little twist on it because he, he name dropped uh, like a, a villain that was going to be in the Deadpool sequel. Oh, so, okay. Kinda, they had a little fun with it. But, okay. But uh, in terms of more, um, more of the ones I was excited about, uh, they got me hyped. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, Ever since, like, the first Iron Man movie came out in 2008. And since then, every Marvel film since then, I think there's been, like, 25 Marvel films or something since yeah, then. I they've all had some, they've, some have had even one or two post credit scenes. Sometimes That's some, true. Sometimes they'll do, like, a mid credit scene. Like, they'll, they'll show the that main actor's names and everything. And then it'll be a mid credit scene. And then, of course, you know, you get all, through all the rest of the the uh, people that worked on the film, the stunt cast and the music mm-hmm. and everything. And then at the very end, you get the post credit scene. But, um, right. so, yeah, I... There aren't too many Marvel ones. Most of the Marvel ones became sort of like, oh, that's cool. Like a little tease of something. Nothing that really blew your mind. But so I'm trying to think of other movies that did that well. And the one that I always come back to, and it's unfortunate that I'm not really into this franchise anymore, but it's definitely gotten... There, there, there is the phrase called, when something jumps the shark, meaning <laughs> that it just went too crazy in its execution. And I right. would say that, that perfectly defines what the Fast and the Furious franchise has become. Oh, like I haven't even seen the most recent one. F9. Yeah. Um, even Fast and Furious Eight was a bit much for me. Yeah. Or was it called? It's called F. I don't even know it was called anymore. No. F Nine was the recent one. So yeah, Fast. Yeah. Was, was it, it just Fast? Fast and Furious Eight. I don't think it was Furious Eight because they didn't. They, they called it. They called it Furious Seven. So I don't think they would double down on the titles. No, it'd be fast. Anyways, oh, whatever. whatever the hell they they called the eighth <laughs> one uh, was a little bit. A little already... bit for me too. But yeah. uh, for me, the the one that got I me mean, the most hyped was um, the end of Fast and Furious Six. Okay. Because you now again, I guess we're obviously spoilers come in, but I mean, really, I mean, you're gonna be that concerned about a post-credit spoiler for Fast and Furious Six? By all means, you can skip ahead a minute. Seven or so. exists. Yeah. Um. So at the end of uh, Fast and Furious Six, um, the post-credit scene, I should say, sorry, it shows like a race through Tokyo. Um, these two cars racing through the streets, and then all of a sudden, uh, this car. The one, the one car is being driven by Han, who's like a recurring character throughout the series. He was first introduced in the third movie. And then he was in four and five. Is he in five? Yeah, sorry, he was in four, five, and six. So in the end of six, Han is racing through this 
in, in Tokyo is racing through his intersection. All of a sudden, he gets like kind of like T-boned by this. I don't remember what it was, Mercedes, Audi, whatever the vehicle was, silver car. But so he has his car. He's driving like a nice orange, probably like a, I don't know, sports car. I can't remember the brand. Sorry, but anyways, Han's car flips over. He gets nailed by this car in the intersection, and then uh, um, so you see Han like in the he's, the car is upside down on its roof, and Han's sitting there like still strapped in the seat. And then the car starts like the fuel is everywhere, so you know the car's gonna light on fire and stuff. And then. Um, what happens? Uh, so then the, they they show the they they cut to like like a low angle of the the silver car. You see to see someone's feet get out of the car, and then it pans up, and all of a sudden you got Jason Statham, mm. and he walks over and like drops uh, uh drops something near 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 Han's window. I think it was like a little like a bracelet or something like a necklace bracelet for his for because the villain the villain in um, Fast and Furious Six. Um, the heck was his name now? Was last name, I know his last name was Shaw. I'm trying to remember his first name. The villain's name was Shaw. And uh, he gets not killed, but severely injured at the end of uh, Fast and Furious 6, let's say, by when he's fighting with Vin Diesel and the Rocks characters. And uh, so anyways, Satham plays his brother. So in this post credit scene, he basically like drops, I think, his brother's necklace or something uh, near Han's door. And then he calls he calls Vin Diesel's character, Toretto. And he says, uh, he's, he's saying, he just says something like Dominic Toretto. He's like, you don't know me yet, but you're going to. And then in the background, you see the car blow up. So implying that Han was killed. Mm. Which, again, spoiler, has, has since been retconned in F9. It's been revealed that Han wasn't in the car when it blew up. Sure. You, so not? they actually killed somebody in the post-credit scene? Like, well, at the time quotation marks. They did. Yes. That'd be a crazy to yeah. actually do that. But it's just cool to see. Because, like, again, like there's been escalation in the Fast and Furious movies up to that point. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in the fifth one, you introduced the Rock's character, and he became a regular yes. in most of the films after that, right? Um, but it was just cool seeing, like, because I, again, I, I love Jason Statham, and I like I, I was very curious to see him in like a villain role, mm-hmm. like him being a badass villain in Furious mm-hmm. Seven, which he was and he wasn't. For those that have seen Furious Seven, you know what I'm talking about. He has a couple of altercations with the Rock and Vin Diesel in that movie, but then by the end of the movie, well, anyways. Just watch the eighth one. You'll see what I'm talking about. I, I, didn't, I didn't like where they <laughs> went with this. I didn't like where they out. went with the character arc. But I admit, I was pretty happy coming out of the theater after Fast and Furious 6, seeing the whole Statham reveal and okay. wondering what I was going to lead to in number seven. Because I was coming off, like, I was still, Fast 5 is still one of my favorite in the franchise, favorite films. Right. And 6 was really good as well. I would put 5 and 6, like, almost one, like, 1A, one 1B one on a ranking. Like, they okay. were up there. So I was really excited for number seven. But fortunately for me, if, if, I, if I was saying... Uh, five and six are like nine out of tens. Let's say I would say seven was like a seven out of ten. No Which one had Charlize? That was the eighth one. Eighth one, okay. She was also in the ninth one again. As well. Oh, is she? But again, I haven't seen it, so I don't <laughs> know to what And you have no will to see it either. So. Yeah. Well, the next one I was going to mention is kind of a cool. It's not. Well, it's not. I was going to say not technically. It isn't. It's not a post-credit scene. It's literally the last shot of the film. But I thought it was really cool in a way of building up uh, a lot of excitement and momentum for the next film in the series. So. Again, minor spoiler here. These movies are, I think we're going back at least 15 years on these films. More than that, maybe. Um, the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Oh. Specifically the second one I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Now, the fir- I still think the first one is the best in the, in the franchise. The first one was... It's still watchable today. It still has that perfect blend It's on blend TV of, the most. Yeah. <laughs> one has the perfect blend of... I mean, it doesn't go over the top with the Jack Sparrow stuff. Like, he becomes sort of a parody by the end of, the, of that he? franchise. Oh, his, his character is just ridiculous. And the first one, he, he nails it pretty well. Because it's a new thing, obviously, too. Mm. It's a new character. But even that, just his his whole relationship with... Because, again, Jack Sparrow is not really a, a hero. He's like an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Plays both sides. But his whole relationship with Captain Barbosa in the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, they have a good dynamic. And, obviously, he's got some good rapport with... with 
Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley as well. But so at the end of spoiler here, at the end of the first parts of the Caribbean film, um, Jack Sparrow kills Barbosa, like reverses the curse, shoots him. Isn't he the captain of the Black Pearl at that point? Right. So he gets killed off at the end of the first movie. So at the end of the second film, um, Jack has been essentially killed that they think he's been killed or he's been just like captured. He went down with the ship with the Kraken mm. when the Kraken destroyed mm. the ship at the end of the second film. Mm-hmm. So it's implied that Jack's either dead or somehow, I don't know, transported to another. How will they retcon him? Right. <laughs> so at the end of the second film, you have, well, you have uh, Will, Tur- Will Turner, Orlando Bloom's character and, and, and Karen Knightley's character, Elizabeth, they're at the, um, they're at like the witch doctor's place, the, or the witch doctor lady, Tia yes, Dalma. she's crazy. Right. So they're there, and they're trying to figure out like how, how they can save Jack. And then, you know, she mentions, like, there's only one man that can bring him back from the underworld or something. And then you hear these footsteps coming down the stairs. And, of course, you know, the director does a great job. So he pans over the stairs. You see these feet coming down the stairs. And the, you see, you're see you in the reaction of the, uh, the characters all being, like, awestruck. And then all of a sudden, you see Barbosa coming down the stairs. And like, it's, how? It's, well, it's revealed that, like, yeah, basically... Like Tia Dalma brought him back from the dead or something, because mm. you know they started they really play around with the whole supernatural mythology stuff in yeah. the series. But um, but it, the cool thing about that reveal, and especially with how hype it was for the audience at the time, I remember was just I read about this uh, online is that the actors like Orlando Bloom and Kieran and all, and they didn't even know who was going to come down the stairs. It was, oh, it was really? a secret for them too. So the reaction was genuine. Nice. And they had sort of like this awesome. So yeah, it's got to be like a good on the first take though right. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They had to get it right. But uh, yeah, it was, that was a really cool moment though. Now, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like I said, they kind of squandered it because I don't think the third part film was very good. Mm. Got a little too over the top uh, in a bad way. But uh, yeah, by the time, like I said, pretty sweet review. I was pretty, because again, I, I really I loved Pirates 1 and uh, watch as I was watching Pirates 2 in theaters, like, sorry, it's not, what's it called? It's called uh, the um, Davy Jones's Locker? Locker or Davy Jones's Chest. I, don't I think Locker. It. Is it Locker? I'm that sounds sure. more right. More but right. <laughs> sounds more correct. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was watching the second one. I was like, it's not as good as the first, but it's still pretty good. Like, I, I was sort of like on the on the edge of like, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's okay, right? But right. when the ending for the second one, I was like, oh, this is great. Now I'm right so hyped for three. Mm, and the they nice suckered thing, you. And the nice thing too was that I think, I think the third movie came out like the year directly after the second one. Like they filmed them pretty oh, close wow. together. So there wasn't a huge gap between the films. Right. So it was so when the third one came out, like the hype was still there. Yeah. I'd probably rewatch the second one again by then. And but then I guess the third one was just like, eh, it was okay. Right. So actually what what kind of spurred me to make this a topic tonight too, besides the fact that as I mentioned, I, I kinda wanted to tie it into my excitement for for Friday with MLB, but also uh, I saw circulated around the internet today a lot of discussion about the new Marvel film that's coming out tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, the uh the the one with Jared Leto called Morbius. Oh gosh, I forgot that existed. The one that like no one has any hype for. Yeah. Because unfortunately, like even when like so this movie's been delayed a couple times because of COVID. Yes. And you know the studio insisted they wanted to have it in theaters. They weren't going to put directly uh. on like Disney Plus or anything. So, um, which makes sense. I'm sure it's like I, I think the budget wasn't too crazy on this one. It wasn't like hundreds of millions. I think it was probably still, like an 80 million budget or something. Mm. So they obviously want to recoup as much as they and they're counting on just people going to see it based on just the Marvel name. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's enough Jared Leto fangirls out there that'll go see it just for him. But from for the casual audience, I mean, no one knows who the character is unless you're like a diehard comic nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailers haven't done anything to inspire any confidence in the film, Mm-mm. in my opinion. It looks really weird and poorly. I don't know. It looks like it's probably been reshot to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, the action in the trailers doesn't give me any confidence. But anyways, that being said, it's uh, 
so the apparently because there's probably been advanced screenings mm. either overseas or somewhere else by now. But so the the post credit scenes and there's two scenes uh, were leaked online today. Oh and good. Me not really wanting to watch the film, but hearing how terrible these post credit scenes apparently oh, no. are, I watched them and I got a little bit of context for what the scenes. Because again, I mean. Well, the funny thing is, like, you can almost make out, even without having seen the film, the post-credit scenes, you know what they're trying to get across. There's not a lot of hidden context there, but okay. it's just, they're just so poorly handled. And I feel like where Marvel has, like, even though this is a Marvel character, this is still being done by Sony, just like the Spider-Man okay. stuff, right? So you have the Marvel-Sony team up here, but this is, te- this is a Sony film through and through. This doesn't have the Marvel shine on it. Like, it's not... Marvel has that formula down. This yeah. feels very much like an early two thousand, like an early two thousand Sony superhero movie. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, post credits. I'm not gonna spoil the post credit scenes here because I'm sure some people actually do want to see Morbius. But I'm just gonna say I, the scenes didn't do anything for me. And there is a connection in here with the. Um, um, this isn't really a spoiler either. You've seen if you've seen any of the trailer, pre- the trailer or marketing materials for for the Morbius film, you'll know that there's a. Michael Keaton's supposed to have a cameo in this film. He's playing the same character he played in Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. He played the Vulture with, with oh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So he is in the post-credit scene in this one. Michael Keaton's character is. And, right. and, again, and it has to do with the whole multiverse thing. Oh, that, here we go. Right. Thanks, Doctor Strange. So now they're trying to tie Morbius into this multiverse thing with the Vulture. And it just, like I said, these post-credit scenes that I watched were just so poorly executed. Not even poorly executed in terms of like just shoehorning in something that most people aren't going to care about but also just the execution of the scenes themselves like just it felt like they literally just said like the director probably didn't even want to do this and the studio was like no we got to have these post-credit scenes so they brought the actors back in for a reshoot and the actors did not care one bit about these scenes oh, you can gross. just tell like like their performance was just the dialogue didn't felt very amateurish and and the one scene where Vulture's just in his full superhero, like you don't see his face, he's got a helmet on and everything. I'm pretty sure they just had Michael Keaton in a, in a booth to do voiceover. And oh, they just no. ADR'd it over the... Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't look very good. But, uh, hey, maybe there's some people that are excited for that film, but I think it looks like hot trash, in my opinion. So, like I said, that was making the rounds today on the internet, and people were just kind of roasting that, so... Ew. Uh, so, back... so, Sony's making their own little multiverse yes. of Marvel stuff. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure I have this correct, okay. Like it's funny, e- even though he's one of my favorite directors, uh, Christopher Nolan definitely does not do the post credits. Man, stuff. he was my that was one of them that stuck with me though, because well, I'm he, angry about it. He's always he always does great, in my opinion. He always has great ending shots for films. Yeah, I'm but saying, I'm not I'm his. Like he, he didn't need to do he didn't do any post credit stuff in the Dark Knight trilogy. He did. He did the Dark Knight Rises. That's well, the one I'm mad about. No, I said post credits. Yeah, that was post credits, was it not? You talking about the Robin scene? Yeah. No, that wasn't post-credit. That was literally the ending. Was it? Film. Yes. I still I still am mad. Okay. I'm, I want Robin. But like his, his endings for Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were fantastic, both of them. Do you remember, yes. Do you remember the ending of Batman Begins? It's, the, Bat- it's, it's the, when Batman's meeting with Commissioner Gordon and they flip over the Joker card. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joker. yeah. That was a pretty Oh, awesome. the ending of Inception is genius also. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. But I really am sad there's no Robin movie. Genuinely. Does anyone really care about Robin? I movie? care about <laughs> Robin. Robin is better than Batman. I said it. Well, like I said, like I joked in a previous podcast, when they when they inevitably cast Tom Holland as Robin, you can be excited for that. No, I don't like Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland's fine. I don't dislike him. I just have no want to watch him. He ruined Uncharted. I didn't like you Uncharted. Anyways. Uncharted I don't. I don't like judge. Uncharted. <laughs> no, he doesn't look like Nathan Drake. It's already out, and I don't. I have no will to watch his Spider-Mans, so... Nothing wrong. What's wrong with his Spider-Man? I don't, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't care. 
I, don't, I want Toby. Get off the Toby. I thing, only right? want Toby. Well, you, you still have to watch. You have to at least watch. I just show me Toby one. scenes. Go on YouTube. Boop in Toby scenes in Boop whatever the, the home version of Spider Man is this time. Uh-huh. They all have home in them. I can't get them all straight. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just give me that. That's all I care about. He's OG Spider Man. That's the way it is. Multiverse him into reality, all the time. I'm pretty sure it's post credits this time. That makes that the first one that blew my mind was I think at the end of X Men Three. After Jane killed um, Professor X. And I think the post credit scene was him laying in a hospital bed alive. And I'm like, how? He was literally obliterated. We saw his molecules. Yeah. Well, I think was it they tried to say his consciousness was transported yes. to like a coma patient in yes. the hospital. Yeah, that was kind of cool. That was, that was cool, but I was yeah. like, no, he can't be. I can't. Like, I was like bawling because they killed him. And then it's like saved in the end. It's like, oh, this is good stuff. Yep. That's, that's a good example, yeah. But that's those are the only two. Poor Robin not existing and Professor X being alive. <laughs> oh, I got, I got a funny one. So not not many movies do this anymore nowadays, but it was a big thing in comedies in like the early to mid-2000s. But uh, like The Hangover did this where, in the, in the first Hangover film, um, uh, it was it's revealed that uh, throughout the film, Alan's character was filming most of the antics that happened during the year, like when they all got drunk mm. or... And they they couldn't remember what happened that night. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the film, after the after like Stu's wedding or whatever, no, not Stu's wedding, um, Doug's wedding. Sorry, uh, they um, uh, Alan's like, oh, I, I found my camera or whatever. So they they go through like the, as as the credits are rolling, they show like a, a photo montage mm-hmm. of all the stuff that happened that night, and that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Uh, but I was gonna say another movie that, oh, actually the the Rush Hour films. In particular, they would do that in the post credits. They would show like blooper reels. Oh yeah, most I love them, when they do that. Most of them be like Jackie Chan, like hurting himself doing stunts oh, and stuff. <laughs> Why but, is that blooper worthy? But I love it. The I love in uh, I guess minor spoilers here. It's an older movie. In Rush Hour Two, the at the end of Rush Hour Two, the the main villain gets killed. Like he basically gets kicked out the window of like a hotel room, like a, on the twentieth story or something. So he basically just falls right on top of a taxi and, and he's dead. Right. So I love in the uh, one of the post credit scenes. Uh, that when they're showing these blooper cuts and everything at Rush Hour Two, uh, there's a scene where you see like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan looking out the window after the guy got kicked out, and Jackie or because I think there's a few different takes they they made where Chris Tucker looks mm-hmm. down, and he just goes like, "Damn!" Like cause the guy <laughs> the thing. but the, the, one of them he's just like, "Damn, he ain't gonna be in Rush Hour 3 <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, well, they obviously just like alluded to there being a sequel, but also yeah. Jackie Chan started laughing, and it was it was just a good moment. Like, <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, they don't put that in end of movies anymore because they want you to buy the Blu-ray and see, right. press yeah. the button to find them. Um, this isn't a post-credit thing. This is more of a my favorite ending shots of, of a film, but two specific examples from the same director that I love. And I love the symmetry of these films, even though they're not directly connected. There's no connections in these movies aside from the location they take place in. Like the characters are not the same, but specifically my, uh, Michael Mann, one of my favorite directors. Yep. Two of his films, Heat, the one with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and then Collateral, which of course I mentioned before with Tom Cruise and, and Jimmy Fox. So they both take place in Los Angeles. Heat uh, Heat begins with a train arriving and ends at an airport. The final shot oh. of the movie is at an airport. Collateral begins with an arrival at an airport and the ending of a train. So you oh. have the synergy of the symmetry, sorry, I should yeah. say. I love the way he did that. But also I just love the way both those films end. Um, I mean... This is, I mean, seriously, if you haven't seen Heat by now, the movie came out in 1995, for crying out loud. <laughs> Spoiler here, you can skip if you want, but at the end of Heat, um, Pacino's character was a cop and De Niro's character was a bank robber. They have this awesome shootout. Uh, it's not so much a shootout. It's like a tense cat and mouse thing. Yeah, it's in a construction? No, it's at an airport. Oh, it's at the airport. Yeah, I'm at the sorry. airport. So you have the 
they're literally like chasing each other through these this airport like and as the planes are landing like because the, the the runway is at night so the runways like light up when the plane is landing yeah. so the one guy's like hiding and you see the shadows uh, mm. and that's how Pacino gets jump out the nearest character he sees the shadow jump out to try and shoot him but mm-hmm. yeah i love the way that movie ends with Pacino shooting the nero's character and they kind of like he kind of like holds his hand as he dies because there was like this mutual respect between yeah. them throughout the film even though they were on the opposite sides of the law but yeah. perfect ending shot to that film and i also i also love the ending of collateral where Again, spoiler here if you haven't seen Collateral, but at the end of Collateral, on the train, Jamie Foxx shoots Tom Cruise's character. Yep. Tom Cruise's character dies on the train, mm-hmm. and then the movie ends with Jamie Foxx and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. They get off the train, and uh, as the music builds up, just like it builds up at the end of Heat, he always does a good job ending with the music as well, but uh, you see the Tom Cruise's characters being taken away on the train. And mm-hmm. they, it's, it's good, too, because they alluded to that throughout the film. And when there's a, there's a scene that in Collateral when Tom Cruise is in the back of the taxi with Jamie Foxx, and he mentions how he heard a story about a guy who died on the train and he rode around for six hours before anyone noticed his body. Yeah. And after Jamie Foxx shoots him, Tom Cruise says a few lines before he dies. He mentions the same story back to, to Max again before he, before he bleeds out and dies. Mm-hmm. I just love the way that ended. Yeah. They're just seeing the train take off in the distance, the music build up and then boom, cut to black. Yep. I love that ending so much. That's why Cloud <laughs> was one of my favorite movies. Cause it knows how to end properly. Yes. It's very important to me. I know I mean, it is. I know. That's why most people, that's why as much as people love the Lord of the Rings films, even the third one, people say the third one does not know how to end because it has like ten mm. different endings. It just keeps going and going mm-hmm. and going. It could end. It could end at so many different. Don't people say that about the new Batman movie though too? The new what? Sorry, the new Batman movie. Don't people say it should end like half an hour earlier or could have ended at half an hour earlier? Well, yeah, that's a big. I'm not gonna get into that right now because the spoilers still. But yeah. yeah, some people thought the third act was kind of tacked on for the new Batman mm-hmm. film. It could have ended at a logical point with the Riddler stuff, but it didn't. So. I like how you're holding a cat right now, and there's another cat laying on my arm. Mm-hmm. We are the chosen people. I don't know where the third cat is. Wishing she had food. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, like I said, most of the Marvel ones didn't stand out to me too much, but one for sure that always sticks in my mind, that got me really hyped for the next one in the series, was uh, the post credit scene for Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which I still say is one of the best MCU films. I know. Most people do. Yeah. Um, the end of that one, if you remember correctly, uh, you've seen the film, I know, but the end of that one, that's when they tease, um, the introduction of Scarlet Witch. I thought so. Her and her brother, Quicksilver, yes. they're, they're, they show them locked up in this MCU yes. compound. They're in these like separate jail cells and they show Quicksilver like trying to like dash around his cell, you know, with his super speed. And of course yeah. he can't go anywhere cause he's just stuck in his cell. And they show Scarlet Witch just sort of like, you know, with her whatever psychic power she's manipulating these toys in midair yeah. she's like playing with these cubes and all of a sudden she just uses her power she just like breaks the cubes in midair like snaps them into dust and i'm like okay so she's pretty badass and you want to see where they go with that because again they're hyping these characters up as villains mm. but after and then the next film after that was like avengers age of ultron and the character like both characters are in that film scarlet which i guess essentially technically starts out as a villain but she eventually comes on the side of the avengers after Spoiler, Quicksilver dies. <laughs> I think that was so. the first movie, though, where the, where the post credit scene was somebody I did not have any sweet clue who they were. Right. They weren't like a name superhero unless you're really into the comics and right. stuff. Yeah. So I was asking around after watching the movie. It's like, who's that? Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Am I stupid? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, the, the original Iron Man post credit scene is still one of the best because it's very simple. You just have Tony Stark, you know, Robbie Downey Jr. coming back to his mansion and, and he hears a voice. Like someone sitting in the dark waiting for him or something. Oh, yeah. And then, it's, and then Samuel L. Jackson yeah. walks into view, yeah. making his first appearance as Nick Fury in the series. Because that's basically the beginning of the Avengers. So, right. yeah, that would he be the most hype. to recruit you, right? So, yeah, yeah that's... Because then after Ooh, that, like, after, after Iron Man, you had, then you had the Captain America standalone film, the Thor mm-hmm. standalone film. Mm, Hulk was in there somewhere. 
Well, I don't know if that yeah, really counted. Yes, though. you're right. The Incredible Hulk was in there, but it wasn't the same actor as Hulk. They they changed oh, it. Oh, did they? Because remember they the original, uh, the one from like what was it 2009? I think mm-hmm. the Incredible. It was Edward Norton did the first Incredible Hulk, and you're right. That did end with a post credit scene where Tony Stark's character basically gets. Yeah, Tony Stark goes to recruit somebody else. Mm. But by the time the Avengers movie rolled around in like 2012 or whatever, they had replaced Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Oh, so there was Thor somewhere in there too. Yeah, Thor was in there too. Yep. They don't. They don't do. I can't recall too many animated films that do the whole post-credit thing. No, not like. Does Pixar ever do it? I'm trying to think. No, they usually do like a cute little thing at the end, or they'll show pictures of yeah. other like yeah. where they are now, kind of thing. But never. Um, this is what's coming up next, or look forward to the future, kind of stuff. The uh, I know from facts since I've seen them all very recently. I know I know the Bond films don't do it. <laughs> no. It'd be funny if they ever did do a post-credit Bond scene. Um, That'd be hard for this one. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler, Sarah. <laughs> Not like we haven't talked about it before. Uh, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this movie to death before. If we had a counter for every time I'd mention a specific movie on this podcast over the last couple of years, I'm sure this would be up there. But for me, definitely the ending of uh, Smoking Aces. One of my favorite. Oh endings yeah, ever. yeah. But that's not a post credit anything. No, it's, I'm saying it's an ending to a film that I love. The ending shot. You don't love the ending shot of Sixth Sense. To be honest, I don't remember it. Oh, that's when he. That's when like the twist is revealed at the very end. I thought there was, thought there was like another scene after that. Still, that wasn't like the last shot. Was, was there it? another scene after that? I'm pretty sure there was. Maybe my brain shut off it, after I don't that. Think it literally, just ended <laughs> where you think it did. On that, since you brought it up, though, since you brought up the sixth sense, on that note, I'm going to mention something that maybe most of the common listeners don't. don't I mean, it was in the news today, but if you you know oh, don't follow, I don't read news headlines exactly. You might not know this already, but so today, uh, Bruce Willis retired from acting. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's unfortunately it's for a sad reason. He has a condition called I believe it's pronounced aphasia. aphasia. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, A P H A S I A. It's like a neurological condition where basically it's sort of I guess you could kind of compare it to like a dementia. Mm. It's not like Alzheimer's. Like he doesn't necessarily forget things. He just has problems. It's almost like it. I don't want to get this wrong, so I don't have the definition for me. But I, when I read the article, I understand it as him having an issue, which is like he knows how to do things that that he's done. Things that he already knows how to do. So he can't learn new things? Right. Kind of like that. So like someone said, like, someone equated to like, if he knew how to cook something that he's cooked for years, he can cook it. But if he's trying to learn like a new recipe, his brain won't retain it or something. Okay. So, yeah. So, so what I'm getting at, the reason why he's retiring because he's had a problem over the last few years of trying to remember his lines yeah. in movies. And they've had to put, some movies he's, I mean, again, he's been doing a lot of the, and that's why it's kind of sad. A lot of people thought over the last few years that he was just kind of like. Phoning it in. Phoning it in. Yeah. Cashing in all these straight to streaming, straight to DVD type movies where he shows up for a few minutes, gets a, yeah. a couple million dollars. But the reality is this article said that he knew, he knew this con- he had this condition for a while and it was going to get worse. So over the last few years, he's been trying to take as many little roles as he could to try to try and get as much money as he could for his family before he knew he had to retire. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, I hope people remember him for obviously his better roles i mean he's been acting for i don't know 40 years now or something i mean obviously you know one of his earlier iconic roles was die hard mm-hmm. started the whole die hard franchise and did so many other roles i mean he was in a lot of like romantic comedies and other was action he? films oh yeah he was in, ton- in the I 80s oh, a couple in the 90s okay. i mean yeah he was most by the time die hard came out he was like an action star right he did action films in the yeah, 90s a lot for. i mean obviously like i said he did six cents he did unbreakable yeah great films um yeah, lots of other good dramatic roles he's had. Like he's never been a huge, you know, award-winning. He's not like an Oscar-winning yeah. type guy. He doesn't do those kind of roles. Um, but he's yeah, he's always been an entertaining actor. And 
also I'll go back and appreciate a lot of his even outside of Die Hard, which I love those films. I'll even I like appreciate a lot of his other films as well. Um, but yeah, so he's I think he's I don't remember the exact age. I want to say he's in his mid to late sixties, sixty seven or so. Yeah. yeah. So it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that he's at least acknowledging it now and getting out before, you know. Because someone said too, it's not even just like that he can't remember his lines and stuff. It's like he could be a danger to himself around sets because if he's, I'm sure the directors know knew about his condition. They're not going to put him in like a compromising action scene where he could hurt mm, himself doing something. True. But you know, I don't know. It just sounds like his condition could lend itself to something much worse down the yeah. road. So might as well enjoy the best time he's left. Now. Yeah, exactly. He's enjoy time with his kids and. Yeah. We'll wrap this up here because I did promise one of our listeners, Daniel, that I would play a video game with him tonight. So I'm going to get off so I can let Sarah start doing her editing and then I'll go play a game with Daniel and <laughs> then go to bed after that. Wench, and, and go then, edit while I go play. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be the hardest day at work ever to get through with my excitement for MLB. There's I'm no gonna, like announcements I'm, 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 or anything? No, I am not going to want to be at work at all tomorrow. I'm going to tell you that right now. My mood will be like... But there's not out yet. Like, I would assume it would be hard if you had to work Friday and you're just sitting, like, itching to go home and play. But no, I, I get it. Yeah. Tomorrow but is, like, just anticipation. Yeah. Because, again, I think my plan will be pretty much, like, go to work tomorrow, come home, have dinner. Sleep. I'll play a little bit with Lucas. I don't want to just sleep. I'll play some Kirby with him or something. Fortnite then, dailies. Yeah. And then maybe I'll crash for a few hours before... Uh, Oh, sure. I can't. You know what I have to do tomorrow? The uh, I just remember now. Sorry. I have to switch around my order of events here. <laughs> Come uh-huh. home from work, have dinner, watch the new... The, there's an MLB, the show, stream starting at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Oh, so you it's have on, to watch before you play it. Well, the stream's only like half an hour or so, but mm-hmm. they are going to reveal... Oh, the funny thing, too. So this was... Uh, I don't know if MLB, the show, will be happy about this or not, but there was a leak today about one of the new legends in the game. It was only leaked because um, uh, Rich Eisen, he has a, a talk show. He talks about he's a, he's a sports okay. broad, uh, broadcaster. I don't know what you would call him his role, but he has like a talk show. So he was talking, he was doing like a phone call conversation with Randy Johnson, who has already been revealed to be in LB The Show. That's not new information. But when he was ta- when Rich Eisen was talking to Randy Johnson today, and he was saying to him like, "Oh, uh, he's, you know, Rich Eisen just reading off like a press release to get like yeah. a sheet he had from him." But he's like, "So yeah, I understand that you're uh, you're a new legend in this. It will be the show video game that a lot of people are excited about." He's like, "Yo, you're on there with Kirk Gibson, who's already been revealed, uh. and um, who else did he say? He mentioned someone else's name that's already been revealed." And then he's like, "Oh, and Carlos Delgado." And all the Jays fans are like, Delgado? Like, Delgado's in this game? <laughs> and everybody's like, and like, Kevin, like, you know, Kevin yeah. I follow on Twitter was a Jays fan. He's losing his mind over this, like, Delgado. Of course, now, now they're worried, like, I think they said Who it was... Who wrote this press release? Yeah, right? I think they said it was the 2000 version of Delgado, which is, like... That's well, who said Del- that? MLB said that? After, like, the show said that this, afterwards? This is on the release. Like that Rich Eisen's reading. Oh my gosh. So I, again, I don't know where you got this. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be one of the info to be leaked out there. Although I'd There's have to no think. There's no other way. Like they would have had to written it, write it for him. Like yeah. unless they thought this interview was happening a different day. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. But I'm sure they plan to reveal it on the stream tomorrow. Wow. But <laughs> yeah. So now, now I'm really worried though that maybe if this Nogali card is as good as I think it's going to be, could this be like the reward for collecting it's either going to be a reward for collecting all the Jays cards in the game Oof. or for collecting all the American League cards Oof. which could be even worse yeah because then, then, then I got to collect Trout and um, well at least you don't have to collect any of the Dodgers because that's oh a gosh. lot of diamonds yeah I cannot wait to see what the Dodgers collection reward is going to be think of how many diamonds are going to be on mm-hmm. that live series roster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the Mets, too. you got to collect the Grom yeah. and Scherzer on the Mets now. That's the Jays expensive. got their fair share, though. I don't know. But they won't be super expensive because they're not like high 90s diamonds. No. Like the highest one will probably be Vlad Bloody. or... Um, or I don't know. No, they wouldn't. They probably won't give Springer a diamond. I don't no, think he, no, he was. No. A, he was a gold in last year, yeah. so I don't think he'll be a diamond. But uh, yeah, um, Bichette and Guerrero will be the top diamonds for yeah. sure. But they're not like on the same level as Trout or Degrom or um, Otane. Yeah, I'm actually curious how high they're going to start Trey Turner this year. On a diamond. Oh man, like, is he, he going to be like an 89 diamond? Is he going to be like a 92? Mm. That there's a huge difference when it comes to the sale prices on the market. Between 85, 85 to 89 diamonds, those are the ones that usually go for like, I mean, if you quick sell them, they're like 5,000. So they usually sell on the market at least the first couple of weeks for like 10, 20,000. But then you have, when you have 90 or above diamonds, so those would be like the Trouts, the DeGroms, the possibly the Turner Soto, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those diamonds usually go for like 400,000, 500,000. Oh my gosh. The first but the stats aren't even that different. Then what? Like between like 89 and 90. No, no, but the reason why they're so high is because like they're the gatekeepers. Like they're the ones you need to collect oh, to finish. Oh, I see what you mean. To either finish that team's collection or to even to finish the, the division in general. I see. To get like the awesome, super awesome cards yeah. after that. So um, You just got to pull all the good cards right away. Yeah, well, I was going to pull them on midnight tomorrow. Now you're telling me I got to wait till like Oh, I'm just saying it. If you want good luck, you have to have your child. There you will be that. There will be many more packs for me to open that day. I'm just saying. If you want to start, if you want to start out right, my my concern is if the servers are working on midnight when I play tomorrow, and then I go to bed and I wake up at seven. And now the servers aren't working anymore. Then, then you have to download the Xbox version <laughs> and continue playing there. And if that doesn't work, buy the Switch version and then continue there. Yeah, you realize they're all the same servers, right? So really, yes. If servers are down on one platform, they're down on all the platforms. I'm surprised you're not getting <laughs> Switch version to play in bed. <laughs> It's just even I don't want to stare like PS2 graphics while I'm. Okay, the, <laughs> the only good thing I was watching a guy on Twitch the other day who was saying he was going to get the Switch version on top of his other versions because yeah. it does have. I I I can correct me. I cross like, progression. I, I'm like 99 percent sure it has cross progression. It does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So someone was saying like um, playing on Switch in bed is a perfect way to knock out like conquest maps. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's like, don't gonna, do you're online. Not, you're not going to do online. Like, no, the offline stuff. Anything, but yeah, the sure. offline stuff. Maybe even like a showdown. Yeah. 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 Be an easy way to do in bed, but. Anyways, all right, I'm excited. All right, let's get off so you can do your editing. You have a game to play. All right, uh, email. What's the email topic this week going to be? I mean, I guess going back to our main topic tonight, should I, any other post-credit scenes that you got excited for or, or endings of films? We'll keep them brief. We don't want to get too heavy with spoilers, but if, if there's a specific ending shot of a film or post-credit scene that stood out to you, let us know. And what's the email? Whenoppositesreact.gmail.com Get the cadence down on that mm-hmm. one, eh? That's your little. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's tonight's episode. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. I hope you, I don't know if you really learned anything. Maybe uh, you agreed with some of my movie choices in this scenario, or maybe, uh, maybe like me, your hype friend will be the show. I don't know. Uh, well, if anybody is hyped for it, I'm sure they'll come back next week to listen to you talk all about it. Yes. There will be much discussion. Mm hmm. I kind of wish I could just take the whole week off work. <laughs> <laughs> you would. I already took next Thursday off, but that's not necessarily for the video game. That's because that's opening day for him. I know. So. Uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. We always appreciate your support. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email. And if you like the show, you can find us same time next week. Boys. Bye. Bye.